Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and uh, it is my pleasure to welcome you to today's program. Uh, things are happening as uh, they seem to always be, never, never good things. Uh, there were a couple positives uh, in the last few days that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, the administration finally uh, putting on paper that which they have threatened for so long and what it will mean for uh, everyone in this country. Uh, But before we get into any of that, uh, let me remind you that we are recording this program. But even though we are recording it, it's, it's so fresh it might as well be live. You know how it is nowadays, you know? I can't believe it's not meat. Well, it's green and it jiggles. I can believe it's not meat. Uh, Well, this really is this fresh. I mean, we're recording today, November the 4th, 2021. It is circa, that's right, I use the word circa, just to pretend I'm smart. Um, Circa 1 p.m. Central. So uh, if anything happens between now and the time of airing tonight... You'll know when we recorded this and the why of, uh, you know, it wasn't included in the program. Why was it not included since it was so important? Well, because it's a recording. So uh, I hate to belabor a point, hate to beat a dead horse, but here we are beating it nevertheless. Uh, Remember last week uh, I got into why I believe the whole showdown with the school and uh, the the sodomization of a young lady in a bathroom by a boy in a skirt was important. Uh, And I said, because uh, I I do believe that the Virginia gubernatorial uh, election was a bellwether as to whether or not there were still enough sane people in this country to try to, I don't know, do something positive and not just give up. Uh, Well, uh, apparently uh, there are, and uh, Virginia will have a new governor. Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. I don't think anyone ever even tried because they thought, you know, it's like having a boxer and you just need somebody for that boxer to punch. It really doesn't matter who his opponent is. He just needs to get in the ring and stand there and put up his dukes and just get the snot beat out of him. Because uh, uh, th- that's pretty much what they thought this election in Virginia was going to be. They thought Terry McAuliffe was going to run away with it, especially since uh, everyone and their grandma showed up to support him, from uh, Mr. Robinette Biden to uh, the, the president-in-waiting Kamala Harris. Uh, and everyone in between. I mean, they were all there. Terry's a genius. 
Hillary didn't show up, but, you know, maybe she had somebody to murder. I don't know. Who am I to judge? But it took them by surprise, and not only the results of the Virginia election. uh, His name, I think, is uh, Youngkin. Something like that. I think so. Yes, Youngkin is the last name of the new governor of uh, Virginia. Nobody knew who this guy was. Mild-mannered, tepid sort of guy. But uh, I, I, I don't think that the people voted so much for him as against Terry McAuliffe. And uh, it, it took him by surprise the fact that New Jersey got so close. And I think if they did insist on a recall and if they did compare signatures and whatnot, uh, you may be surprised because uh, that goofy-looking fella in New Jersey has a way of surviving things he shouldn't survive as far uh, as politics is concerned. So uh, do I believe that the New Jersey election was on the up and up? Hardly. Do I believe that the Virginia election was on the up and up? Hardly. They just couldn't manufacture enough votes in time. They tried. You know, it's, if, if you read the details, you know, they, they, they put some votes through ballot machines again you know, in the predominantly Democratic strongholds because they're like hey this guy's getting votes why is he getting votes they're all supposed to vote for us it it, it took them by surprise but every time these people get taken by surprise they make sure they're not surprised again hence uh the, the the laughable idea that the man who believes his diaper produces pudding uh got 80 million votes by living individuals so there's that Now, uh, for the Beth Moore contingent, uh, I hope you're happy with your decision. There are no returns. There are no refunds. And you will have to live with the decision that you've made uh, in perpetuity. That said, apparently, it wasn't just an empty threat. Uh, They've put pen to paper uh, regarding the forced vaccination. I know that's not what it is. Hey, you can quit. You know what? People are. Do you understand the absolutely perfect fecal storm that is about to descend on this country? U.S. labor productivity is in its worst decline in 40 years. Many a people are unwilling to go back to work because they figured out a way to, you know, suckle at the teeth of the state. And now the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Public Health Emergency Temporary Standard, you know, OSHA, I'm just going to call it OSHA. Um, They're imposing vaccines and testing requirements on private businesses with over 100 employees. And... um, if perchance uh, you don't enforce the, the, the vaccine mandate, because that's what it is, uh, the fines start at $14,000 per violation. One four, $14,000 per violation is the going rate uh, for uh, not obeying a man who barely knows what his name is. So, oh, by, by the way, Beth, and uh, people of her mindset, remember when you, oh, my goodness, he's a tyrant. They were talking about the orange man. 
They were talking about Donald Trump. He's, he's acting like the Fuhrer. Look at that. He's acting like a king. Uh, what is your uh, beloved diaper wearer doing at this juncture? Donald Trump never dreamed of doing what Robinette Biden and his administration are doing. So anytime, henceforth, even though I appreciate the donation, Beth, Henceforth, from this moment onward, if you open your trap again, somebody should shove a fist in it. You do not deserve to be believed by Christian people anymore. You do not deserve a platform among Christian people anymore. You've shown your cards. You've revealed your true face. Now slinker away and be gone, wretched woman. Period. I know, but we're supposed to be the people of the second chance. Stop. Stop. I'm, I'm going to, uh, oh, we're going to get into this, because I, I was debating, but now I'm angry. I was debating whether, whether I was going to go down this road, uh, but I'm going to read to you what the mother of the convicted sex offender in Loudoun County said regarding her son and her son's victims, okay? And, and I'm going to draw the parallel between her reaction to her son's actions and our reaction as believers to the action of those in spiritual authority that do very untoward things, yet we cover for, that do very untoward things, yet we defend. This mother came to the point of defending the indefensible regarding her son. And I've heard with my own ears people trying to justify the fact that the pastor was caught in adultery. Well, he's human. He has needs. He had a wife. That's why it's called adultery. We'll get into that. Because there's also that, uh, oh, and I was at a conference and I heard this and it made my blood boil. Someone came up to a couple, and they go, uh, what do you think about divorce and remarriage and, and being in ministry? And this couple goes, well, we're divorced, and, and, and we married each other, and we're in ministry. Does that make it right, is my question. Does your personal experience or your personal disobedience of God's word make the word of God null and void regarding divorce, remarriage, adultery, homosexuality, uh, pride, uh, perversion, whatever. Does your personal choice, your personal disobedience, your personal rebellion nullify what the Word of God says? We'll get into that too. I know we're planning on getting into a lot of stuff and chances are better than good that we're not going to get into half of it. Because, uh, well, uh, if you thought yourself free, think yourself free no longer. Now, OSHA uh, is uh, imposing both vaccine and testing requirements on private businesses with over 100 employees. And it requires the unvaccinated to wear a mask in almost all social situations and places the burden of testing costs on the individuals. As OSHA's rules state, OSHA does not require employers to pay for any costs associated with testing. 
I know, my body, my choice, apparently only when it comes to killing babies. I'm sure Beth Moore will have a sign up at some point. But, OSHA is saying that if you happen to work in a place and you're unvaccinated, you're supposed to wear the equivalent of the Star of David sewn upon your clothing, which is a face covering. Not that it does anything or protects anyone from anything. And by the way, if everyone is vaccinated, what do you care if I am or not? Isn't the vaccine supposed to protect you? But nothing makes sense anymore. We're in an upside-down world here. And again, we're going to get into American prophetic territory. That's right, American prophetic. I promise you. Because what they've done here, and it's it's dirty, man. It's dirty. They extended this uh, thing until January the 4th. Because it was supposed to happen sooner than that. But they realized that the holiday rush would be impeded if they just fired a bunch of people all of a sudden. They still need good little automatons and robots to do the job. You know, but hey, after the holiday rush, goodbye, farewell, adieu, Zane. So this is my American prophetic moment of the day. I'm more than certain that those people who have committed to not getting the vaccine will not get the vaccine even if it means being let go from their jobs. That said, I'm also thinking that those people, any of them that had vacation days saved up, will likely burn through all of their vacation days before handing in their notice before the Christmas rush, before the holiday rush. So you have U.S. labor productivity, the lowest in 40 years, on one side. You have people that have probably been on that job for years and years that know exactly what they're doing, either leaving the job or having to be fired from it. So anyone that thinks uh, 2022 will be a joyous year full of plenty should probably, you know, take it back a notch or two. Do you understand the perfect storm that is about to descend upon this country? You have people unwilling to work. Those willing to work will be burdened with paying for their own tests and being made to feel as though there, there, there's some sort of oddity because they're walking around with masks on when, you know, half of the other guys aren't and you know who got vaccinated because they don't have to wear a mask. And I'm sure that this will get cleared up in the Supreme Court sooner or later. It is unconstitutional by any means and by any definition. But until then, you're going to have a lot of big corporations have very large labor shortages. And even if they were able to get full hire in a couple of weeks, they'd still have to train 
the employees. So uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Beth Moore's looking for a landscaper, someone to mow the lawn at her mansion. Thank you, cat moms, for providing her the lifestyle she only dreamed she could have before she started fleecing you. I know. See, I'm, he's back to Beth Moore. Because people like her brought us to this place. The, the millie mouth, wishy-washy, oh, I don't like his masculinity. Look at the naughty words he uses. Well, better a slave? Would you prefer being a slave having to obey the edicts of a man who wears adult diapers than having to read a few mean tweets? So yes, forever and a day, I will point out Beth Moore and her ilk because they've infiltrated and invaded Christianity and made it so that people don't know what good and evil are anymore. People don't know nuance anymore. People don't understand any. Well, I'm just going to do what Beth says because she told me I was a queen and a priestess. Are you a priestess over your cats? Stop. Like I said, bring on the famine. I'll make the popcorn. Bring on the famine. Because all these delusional people that think they can survive it are going to be the first ones to die. OSHA released the rule Thursday, which is, ha-ha, today. Weeks after President Badan announced his plans asking the agency to craft one. The rule requires employers with over 100 employees to maintain a roster of each employee's vaccination status and enforce weekly testing requirements for those who refuse to get vaccinated. The rule, which goes into effect January 4th, involves planned inspections and heavy fines of $14,000 per violation at the start. Keep that in mind, at the start, because it gets better. Allow me to sip from my delicious beverage, if you will. A senior Biden official added that employers willfully violating a standard will face further penalties significantly higher than a workplace that is not willfully doing so. So if you disobey us, we will punish you. How is this different than China? Because we're supposed to be the, 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 the nation of freedom and constitutionalists. Don't tread on me. Uh-huh. A man in diapers. A man in diapers has turned you into a serf. A man in diapers has turned you into a slave. And if you don't comply, and if you don't obey, well, you'll face further penalties. And if you don't comply and obey willfully, well, then those will be significantly higher than a workplace that's not willfully doing it. Tell me how it's not about control again. Hmm? Tell me how it's about public safety. If you do it on purpose, we will punish you more. 
because we need to make an example. We need to teach you a lesson. How dare you raise your head from the dirt, you slave? How dare you not obey the edicts of putting in my diaper Biden and Jen Psaki? Who do you think you are? You think you're free? We'll teach you. If you disobey willfully, well, we're just going to punish you more. Employers who refuse to get the shot will be subject to a coronavirus test at least weekly. At least weekly. If they are in an office at least once a week or within seven days before returning to work. If away from the office for over a week. Notably, the ETS does not place the burden of testing costs on the employer. But the unvaccinated individual, because you must be punished for disobeying. You little peon, how dare you? We're going to take the gloves off. You didn't, you didn't listen to reason. Now we've got to punish you. Who are you to punish anyone? You are an elected official. You decrepit, dementia-ridden old bag. You are an elected official. You're not a king. You're not a god. You're not royalty. And this is not a monarchy. But here we are. How's Dr. Jill's hair, Beth? Still flowing? The ETS does not require employers to pay for any cost associated with testing. However, employer payments for testing may be required by other laws, regulations, or collective bargaining agreements, or other collectively negotiated agreements. By the way, this went into effect in New York. Entire firehouses are shut down. Police have called in sick. Trash pickup isn't going according to plan. And it's just the beginning. So during the season and a time where We need people working to get this economy back on track. We need people working for the influx that the holiday season inevitably brings. We're just going to hamstring and kneecap anyone who wants to work, any business still holding its head above water. And again, I may be proven wrong, but this is just incompetence. Oh, they plan this. They want everyone on the government dole. But the government needs to be able to make money from somewhere. If these corporations don't make a profit, if they have to shut down, uh, Mr. Puddin' Pants ain't getting no money either. And he's got big plans for your tax dollars. Trillions and trillions of big plans. But this is where we are. Because, well, feelings matter. He hurt her feelings. He said something very mean and hurt her feelings. We have to punish him. Like I said... 
part of me will relish seeing what you will have to endure, Beth Moore, and people like you. But the other part of me will be very sad because innocent people will suffer as well. Additionally, the rule requires employers to force unvaccinated individuals to wear a face covering in virtually all scenarios when indoors or when occupying a vehicle with another person for work purposes except in certain limited circumstances. I... This is, this is what you get when paper pushers make rules. Nobody thinks anything through. Oh, this is a good idea. Yes, it is, Janet. You go, girl. And here we are. So uh, any thought, anybody who thought that the whole supply chain thing is going to get worked out and everything's going to be, you know, peachy keen soon enough, uh, I'd... I'd, I'd Hold on to your suspenders just for a second. Because look, this this is how bureaucrats think. A hundred or so million people, most of them working people, because all all the shrivs and all the ancients and every every octogenarian's probably gotten vaccinated, let's be honest. So that leaves the young working class a large part of which says, no, I don't want to for various reasons, whether religious or otherwise, and you can't make me. OSHA predicts its coercive mandate will result in approximately 23 million individuals becoming vaccinated. My only comment to that is... Want to bet? If they haven't done it by now, after being offered money, after being offered lollipops, after being offered hot dogs, after being offered everything, if there's still a large portion that said, nope, not for me, do you think your coercive mandate will make them reconsider Or will it make them dig their heels in even more? So if you think we've witnessed disruption, you haven't witnessed anything yet. Just wait until people with, you know, years and years of experience and training get fired or walk off the job because they're unwilling to bend the knee. It's about to come to a head, kids, because let me me explain something to you about weak people, Uh, something about tyrants, something about individuals who acquire power they know they should never have had or don't deserve. When they feel that power slipping through their fingers when they feel that power leeching away from them, 
they double down on everything. They get more aggressive, they get more violent, they get more corrosive. Because they love the taste of power. They love the idea of of lording over people, of controlling others. And when you threaten to take that away, they get more irrational and they get more violent. Do you think it was accidental that this, this thing got rolled out a day after a Republican won the Virginia governorship? Because Roe Bennett was talking about it, what, a month ago, six weeks ago. No progress was made, nothing was being said. But then they realized the, the slaves are getting uppity. The serfs think they have rights. And again, it will only serve to divide this nation all the more. It will make people more bitter. It'll make people angrier. And when you start going into a supermarket and all you see is empty shelves, there will only be one person to blame. See, now that was a low ball. I could have said Beth Moore, but I didn't. That's how much self-control I have. You'll know exactly who to blame. And they're going to try to obfuscate. They're going to try to say, no, it's the orange man's fault. Orange man's out in Florida golfing. It's, It's the pretend mom, Pete Buttgig, and the man with the adult diapers that are in charge of this sinking ship. And rather than try to buoy it somehow, they're drilling more holes in the bottom. See, all this is going on while the economy is teetering. Hey, businesses, guess what? Boom. Ow. Here's another, just for good measure. U.S. labor productivity crashes 5%. Worst decline in 40 years. Need I say more? What we need is a vaccine mandate. What we need is to get qualified people fired or make working so uncomfortable they'll retire early. Because you know what? A lot of these people, they're on the verge of retirement. They've been contemplating taking early. And this may just push them over the edge. First, it was Southwest and American Airlines that realized the kind of pickle they're in. Angry people at a certain point become ungovernable. And I know, I know, you know, hey, Joe stood up the corn pop. However, you're going to have a lot of angry people in this country that realize the reason for their poverty, the reason for their homelessness, the reason for their bankruptcy, the reason for their hunger 
is directly related to the abuses of this administration and the unconstitutional edicts a mumbling, dementia-ridden idiot put forth. But hey, Dr. Jill's hair. Worker productivity slumped by much more than expected in the third quarter. Data from the Department of Labor showed on Thursday. Hours worked increased by a seasonally adjusted annualized rate of 7% in the July through September period, while output increased by just 1.7%. More people checking their phones more often, basically. This is the worst productivity decline since the second quarter of 1981 when the measure decreased 5.1%. Economists had expected a milder decline of around 1.5%. So not only are less people working, people working are doing so less. I know, that's a twist of the tongue, if you will. That is... is Poetic in its simplicity. Not only are less people working, those still working are working less. Because why not? So I'm waiting for them to start floating universal basic income again because, you know, we haven't devalued the dollar enough. Might as well give some more free money to people who don't deserve it, who don't work for it, who don't want to do anything productive for society. And that way, everything goes up in price again. But no, that would never happen. What was it Jen Pataki said? It would be unscrupulous of businesses to pass on the cost of higher gasoline to their customers. That shows how dumb that woman is. I'm sorry, Jen. I know you sent a donation in, but dumb is dumb. It shows how dumb a woman Jen Psaki is. If I produce a widget, and the cost of me getting the widget from point A to point B increases exponentially, I must thereby increase what I charge for my widget to cover the cost of transportation and make a couple pennies profit because that's why I make the widgets in the first place, to make a profit. I know, profit is evil. Just ask Beth Moore. Profit and capitalism are evil. Hey, just wait till socialism comes along. You'll love it. Only people who've never lived it think that it's the next best thing since sliced bread. It's just a ridiculous irony. But I want to get into this before anything else because I I need to make the parallel here because it's it's important. I need you to hear what the mother of the convicted Loudoun County sex offender said in defense of her rapist, skirt-wearing offspring. The mother of the skirt-wearing teen who was found guilty of forcible sodomy in a girl's bathroom, sexual assault in Loudoun County, Virginia, blamed her son's victim for the crime. According to the criminal's mother, 
the 15-year-old boy that wanted to have sex in the bathroom. And the victim didn't do enough to fight back. She said, you're 15. You can reasonably defend yourself. You're not just going to sit there and take it. So I'm going to just stop there. And, and yes, this is true. Th- these were her actual words. And some of you, rightly so, are disgusted by this, and you're thinking to yourself, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But there are Christians every day who defend the indefensible just as this woman defended the indefensible because the individual they're attempting to defend is someone they like. Do you see the lengths to which this mother went to try to minimize and mitigate the responsibility of her rapist son in regards to the raping that he did? He's just a 15-year-old boy that wanted to have sex in the bathroom. Because I've gotten an email from a friend. And he goes, how did the church get to this point? This is how the church got to this point. Every time one of our faves did something untoward, every time one of our faves did something that they were supposed to be called out for, Because they were one of our faves, we went, well, you know, he's a man. He's got needs. His wife didn't understand him anyway. We make excuses for people's sins. This mother made excuses for her son's criminality because it was her son. For decades, we've made excuses for the failures of our spiritual leaders because they were the spiritual leaders we preferred. And every time you try to have a rational conversation with somebody regarding one of their, you know, pet saints, dude, the guy just left his wife and his kids and married his secretary. You you hear the most... I want to call it entertaining, but I have a very dark sense of humor. So for most of you, it wouldn't be entertaining. It would be disturbing. But you hear the most disturbing explanations as to why these people did what they did. One of them was, well, he fasted for a week and the Lord gave him permission. To do what? to leave his wife and kids and marry his secretary, even though his wife never committed adultery. Even though she was a faithful wife, she took care of the home and everything else. The Lord gave him permission, you say. Then the Lord should rethink writing the Bible altogether because he went against his word, did he not? We can... How do we get... See, I was going to, how did we get here? I didn't want to get here, but I have to, I, I'm here now. So let's, let's pull off this band-aid. I don't know what this is about. 
I don't know who this is for. I, I just know that this is where I ended up. And it needs to be said. We need to stop excusing the behavior of our leaders when it comes to unbiblical practices. Because if you excuse it once, then they will do it again because they have the rightful expectation of being excused again. Remember Jimmy Swaggart? They gave him one pass. Second time around, gave him another. Then he got too old. You know, you know, if you're shriveled and nothing works, what's the point? We need to stop excusing the failures of our leaders just because they are our leaders. And I'm not talking about political. Politics and, 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 and spiritual leaders, political leaders and spiritual leaders are two very different things. If you expect your spiritual leaders to be politicians, then you're messed up. If you expect your politicians to be spiritual leaders, you're likewise messed up. And this is how we got here. We interchanged the two. We went to a preacher and we expected him to be a politician. We expected a preacher who was supposed to rightly divide the word of God, call out sin, call men to repentance, call men to holiness, to be politicians and diplomatic, and be concerned about your feelings. We can't offend him, her, it, them, 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 them. We can't offend anyone anymore because we're politicians now. This is how we got here. We went to pastors and said, hey, we need you to be more of a politician. We need you to pray, play more in the gray area of life. Then no more black and white stuff. And then he goes to himself, eh, why not? And since what's good for the goose is good for the gander, well, I'm going to hire me a hot toddy secretary. She's going to look up to me because I'm a person of authority, and sooner or later, let's make the whoopee. But hey, it's okay, because he fasted for a week, and he got permission from his God. Was it the God of the Bible? I'm highly skeptical. But man, we will go to lengths to defend the indefensible just because, oh, we can't afford to lose this person. We can afford to lose everyone. Do do you understand this? We can afford to lose everyone. He can make stones speak if he has to. So let's stop with the he's too big to fail nonsense. Too influential. No man is above the word of God. And I know for the last few programs, because I've gotten the emails, brother, you're, you're, getting, you're getting a little uh, combative there. He's just quoting the word of God. I know, I, the whole... The whole woman preacher thing. I had more men write me about the woman preacher thing than I did women. 
and they were white knighting. But they want to serve. They can serve in any capacity that the Bible allows them to serve. When you exceed the allowances the Word of God makes for your service, it's no longer service, it's rebellion. But thank you, all the white knights. I, maybe I should go to decaf. Maybe that's an option. But let's just... Because again, I read what this mother's defense of her rapist son was. And the only thing that echoed in my mind is this is how the church reacts every time someone in authority is exposed for being a perv or an adulterer or a a money grubber or for having taken advantage of his entire flock and, you know, gotten them to invest in some pyramid scheme. They find excuses. So this is the mother again, because I need you to... it, It horrified me. Then I took the article to my little brother, and it horrified him. So... We're both kind of tough-skinned fellas. I've been through life. I don't get flustered easily. I've seen a young man hang himself by a tree when I was, what, 13 years old. He was from Vietnam, new immigrant. Thought so much of the American dream, he wanted to put an end to it. Uh... So I'm not easily flustered. I don't, I don't exaggerate, but listen to this, because you should be as horrified as I was. This is the mother again. I was in a position where I was about to be raped. I would be screaming and kicking and everything. The mother told the Daily Mail. You're 15. You can reasonably defend yourself. You're not just going to sit there and take it. And so, because there wasn't a presence of a fight, he felt it was okay to keep going. These were the mother's words. Never once did she come out and say, my son's a perv, and he needs to be chemically castrated. Nope. It was the girl's fault for not fighting harder. This, this is on par with pastor left his wife because she didn't understand him. Okay, but then why, why did he marry, you know, someone 30 years younger than him after he left his wife? The 23-year-old with the fake boobies really does understand him? You think so? Stop. Can we stop? Can we stop defending the indefensible, please? And so because there wasn't the presence of a fight, he felt it was okay to keep going. The mother added, in an apparent defense of her son's behavior. She also mentioned that the victim didn't immediately report the assault. 
The mother went on to say that her son depicted the rape as an accident. Oopsies. Telling her that he didn't mean to insert his genitalia inside the girl's anus, and that he was surprised when it caused her pain. Well, there you go. I've seen one too many resignation speeches by pastors where this was the exact same sentiment. I never thought I'd cause you pain, but here I am having caused you pain. No, no, we need, we need, we, I'm going to finish this. We need to get to the end of it. Because you need to understand that this is how the church is acting. Like this mother, who's going out of her way to defend something that she ought not to defend, that she cannot defend. And in her quest to defend the indefensible, she is demonizing the victim. Who was it 15, 20 years ago? Uh, the, the tattooed guy that used to kick people in the stomach. Uh, he was uh, American prophetic for like three minutes until he got exposed for being a fraud. He's still going around because, you know, we, we, we recycle our profits. We, we're, we're so, uh, you know, shorthanded, as it were, that we recycle even our fake profits. So uh, he left his wife, who was in a wheelchair... Uh, and, and, and married someone like 15, 20 years younger than him. Uh, and then, you know, of course, she's also a prophetess now because, you know, you, you, can, you, you can give the gift as readily as you can give herpes. I'm sure she'll attest or he'll attest. Uh, so she's American prophetic too. So now there, there are two prophets working jointly together in, in, in prophesizing. And at the time, you had heavy hitters in what was called the prophetic movement defending this man's actions. From everything from, well, you know, his, his wife stifled his ministry. His first ministry was his wife. If, if I can't be a father to my kids, if I can't be a husband to my wife, if I can't be the head of my household, if I can't be a provider, then I have no business in ministry. But he's so powerful, God needs him. No, he doesn't. Those are stories we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel important. God doesn't need me. God called me. I answered the call. Had I not answered the call, he would have gone on to someone else. He's God. How, how pompous of me to think that God needs me. And because God needs me, well, I can do this and this and that and this and bring a bad testimony to the household of faith because God needs me. Look, so why, why did we get into this? I, because, because we need to fix the church first. 
before we can even begin to hope of fixing anything else. We need, we need to stop defending the things which we ourselves ought to expose. And realize that no one is allowed to circumvent the Word of God. No one is above the Word of God. And anyone who says that they're not required to follow what the book says regarding ministry, leadership, and everything else in between because of this or that is lying to you. I don't know, maybe you just caught up with me. I've heard one too many stories where you, you, you give sin a pass just to have to deal with the same sin two, six, four, eight, ten, twelve months down the line. This this boy in a skirt went on to rape another girl at another school. Because his first rape was swept under the rug. Because his mother found a million excuses for his behavior because no one throat punched him and put his testicles in a vice after the first one. So the question I'm going to leave you with today, and I know, see, I wanted it to be happy. I did. I really did. But here we are. And this is the question. Are we at fault for the rampant rebellion in the church? Is it our fault for not having stood up sooner that we've gotten this far? And if the answer is yes, what are we going to do about it? Look, I, I've lost friendships because I had to stand on the truth. People that I, I enjoyed spending time with, people that I enjoyed having conversation with. But once they started down the road, I, I got a special dispensation. I called them out on it, and they got angry. And that was that. So it's, it's not as though I'm speaking in hypotheticals here when I say that if you stand up and confront sin in the church, you will lose friends. Men, women, children, everyone will be angry with you. Everyone except for God, that is. So, thank you for listening. I know this went haywire somewhere, but it is what it is. You don't pay for it, other than Beth Moore and Jen Pasaki, who sent in a little coin. Ugh, you know? And I'm sure they did it just to make me feel bad about calling them out. But guess what? I don't. 
and I know it wasn't them. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be with you again next week. If not, eh, you know, the week after. We'll see. Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. Um, the president, yeah, that's things leading to, going to lead to civil war. There's no doubt. Civil unrest. The whole vaccine mandate, mandatory thing. How much more do they want to cripple the country? You know, health decisions of that magnitude should be able to made, be made by the individual. They're so strict when you call a hospital and you ask about a patient. They can't give you any information because of HIPAA laws. They want to impose their will on people to force mandates with vaccines. And we, we are losing our freedom at a huge rate. We've got people leading the country that shouldn't be leading, aren't qualified to lead, and that goes all the way down to the transgender uh, and homosexual folks in the cabinet. And the guy that's in charge of Homeland Security, guess what? The Homeland's not secure. Our borders have been open for months. People from 110 countries have come in. And this is, uh, you know, there's a scripture, God allows wicked leaders over wicked people, you know. And our, as Mike said, look at the sin with the divorce, the adultery, etc. However, we do believe wholeheartedly the election was stolen. And as Mike said, you can't trust Democrats at all most for, for any really fair elections. But with that, God bless you all. Have a great day, and thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.